Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. This episode is brought to you by Practical Prepping for Everyday People, a common-sense guide on preparing for life's emergencies. Available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. It's good to be back with you today. I know that we missed a day this week, and I own that. That's my fault, but time just got short, and we're back on track today, so good to have you with us. Krista, tell us what our topic is tonight. Well, we got to thinking about this, and we're looking at the current news situation from across our nation and across the world, and we're seeing rampant wildfires still going on in the California and Pacific Northwest area. Very devastating. We're talking half a million or more acres destroyed again in that area by fire. That seems to be a constant theme. And then here in the last day or so, there's been some devastating outer bands of thunderstorm and rainfall. It especially hit the North Carolina mountains and mountainous area to the extent that it was flooding well up past the midpoint of most driver's side windows of cars. Wow. Extremely dangerous. There's been some houses that have washed away. There's been some injuries. And it was one of those flash floods that caught people. They didn't drive into the water. The water found them. Mm. And so it was really bad. And, of course, we all know that here lately here in the it's uh, midpoint of August, there's been a 7.2 earthquake in Haiti, Haiti, which is the nation that bears the terrible stigma of being the most poverty-stricken nation in the mm-hmm. entire world. And, of course, this has happened. I understand there's an excess of 1,300 known dead, and I know that they're still looking. So what we're, we got to thinking about when you've got a dire, devastating natural disaster, and in most of all of these cases, you have to leave your home. You have to get out of your office. You have to get out of your house. You have to go away from there. Well, fire and flood doesn't leave you much option. And an earthquake can tear up mm-hmm. your, you know, your, where you're living. So we were talking about the documents and information that you bear personally that identifies you, that gives information about your medical, your insurance, the types of things that if you needed to, say, travel 10 counties away and seek refuge, you could have a thumb drive on you that's got some copies of some of these documents that are important to you. So we're talking about not only making a thumb drive record, but having what we call an emergency binder, a written notebook that you can type up and put pages into that bear all of these bits of information. And it's a comprehensive list. So, of course, we will be providing this list in the show notes you're welcome to take notes now, but you don't have to. You could just print out the show notes later on. and Or we will also put it on the website in a few days. Oh, good idea. And it'll be in one of the articles there. We'll put it in the outline form rather than, you know, a full article, kind of a checklist type thing. That's an excellent idea. Now, we're talking about a physical binder, like a three-ring binder is our preference. We have those around here. There are other kinds that you could use. But some of the things that you would want to put in there, to back up just a little bit, 
This might not be if you are having to leave, but if your home is damaged. If you have had that flood and you were not home at the time and you got back, this is the one thing that would have all of your information in it. Going on the assumption that you've got a little bit of notice on, you don't on earthquakes, but fire, flood, that type things, hurricanes, tsunamis, this is a grab and go idea. And the first thing that I would want in mind is my emergency plan. So put your emergency plan there. That gives you the outline of if this happens, this is what we're going to do. If this happens, this is where we're going. This is who we're calling. It, and in our emergency plan also has our contact list in printed form. Most of us, if you take our cell phone out, we don't know but a couple of phone numbers. That's true. I mean, we, you know, there are no more phone books. Mm-hmm. And they're just, they're not put out anymore. And there's no use really for them anymore. They've gone the way of the buggy whip. So put a copy of your comprehensive emergency plan in there. And we're going to be doing a podcast coming up soon on making that emergency plan and how you can go through and do that. All right. Personal information. Now, this is a one-page personal information. On that, I would include my height, my weight, my date of birth, my social security number, my driver's license number with the state, my phone number or any other pertinent phone numbers. You might even want to include work number, physical home address, medical history. You don't have to go into great detail, but you may just want to indicate just some highlights your doctors and your dentist's names and numbers as well, so that if someone else has possession of your binder that you trust, they can contact your medical team if they need to. Well, the other thing that I was thinking here, and as we were talking, if one of us had to send the other one to the hospital by ambulance, say, we could pick up that binder. Now we've got all of our information with us. But you can also take, if let's say you send me to the hospital, You can take my page out and hand that to the registration clerk, and they've got all of that information right there. So you're also, not only are you wanting to put medical history, you may be wanting to list your current prescription medications. Correct. Dosages, the names of it, you know, be Mm -hmm. very, very specific. You know, you're probably going to be communicating with people that don't know you or people that don't know anything about I mean, if you're on a particular medicine, the, the proper dosage is an important thing to know. Well, a good example. I know you're on a blood pressure medication. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is or how much the dosage is. Exactly. So if I'm checking you in to the hospital, that would be pertinent information to be able to give them. And they'll often ask for your primary doctor's name and number, and that would all be on that sheet. I also would include on there, even though we're going to have this later in the binder, I would include my health insurance number. Yes, exactly. The the name of your insurance provider. Right. Now, we're going to put a copy of that later in the binder. Mm -hmm. But for that one sheet, I would have that that I could do there. And then emergency contacts. Now, we have an interesting set of emergency contacts. We have it in digital and printed form. We have sent that to all of our siblings, all of our 
nieces, nephews, children, children. Krista's family has all of my families. My family has all of her families. And the idea there, and we've mentioned this before, in the event of a catastrophic event, we only have to contact one person outside of the impact area, and that person knows who to call on the other side of the family. And so they have all of the numbers, and they can work that out among themselves to get everybody notified that we're okay or send the Calvary. Hey, listen, I just want to tell you about a couple of books that you need to add to your collection and give as gifts. I highly encourage that you go to Amazon and look up this title, Making Contact During Emergencies. This is information that may save your life or the life of someone you care about. If injured, lost, or found in a disaster or another type of emergency. This book was written by Mark and Krista Lolly. I'm Krista and Mark is my husband. Book number two that we wrote that we're especially proud of and has gotten a lot of buzz is entitled Practical Prepping for Everyday People. This is a common sense guide on preparing for life's emergencies. And when we say practical prepping, we mean the type of emergencies you're going to find yourself in day in and day out. Car emergencies, dead batteries, flat tires, storm damage, the roof has gotten blown off. You find that you have no power, no electricity, no devices are working. These kinds of things are happening to somebody somewhere every single day. And we were astonished when we did a little research to find that a vast majority of people found themselves woefully unprepared for one or more of these types of emergencies. And particularly after this COVID year that we've experienced, I think a whole lot more of us are paying closer attention to things like grocery store supply chains, the ability to be able to buy gas, the ability to be able to move freely about, or what's going to happen if we do have to stay home for three weeks solid. Practical Prepping for Everyday People by Mark and Krista Lawley. Also, making contact during emergencies. Go to Amazon, look these up, add these to your collection. We sure appreciate it. Something else you may want to put in there is some financial and utility account information. Banking, mortgage, uh, loan payments. Do you have an IRA? Do you have a 401k? And on that, you want to put name, address, phone, your account number, your username, and password. Now, you know, it's before anybody gets their feathers all unruffled, we're not stating that you need to list all of this personal, very private information for the whole world to kind of see. This is an emergency binder. It's not something that you're going to be bragging about when people come visit you at your house. You know, you've got to keep your information secure. And this would be something you would put in a protected area or an area that it looked like it's of no consequence. Mm, sort of a hiding in plain sight. Right. On a bookshelf, you could slide this binder in amongst your music binders. Mm-hmm. Nobody would think anything about it. And we're going to talk about those usernames and passwords a little bit later as well. We do want to protect those account numbers and such. But if your entire home is destroyed, flooded, and you lose that information, at least you have it in this binder. Something else to be thinking about putting into your emergency binder are legal documents, at least the copies of legal documents, which would include marriage license, social security card, birth certificate, driver's license, or state ID if you don't have a driver's license, 
Any deeds to property that you may own, either real estate property or material property such as vehicles, boats, RVs, and the like. Vehicle titles. Believe me, if you've ever had to go through a title search, you're going to want to know that having some copies of titles is so vital because it is pulling teeth and losing an arm and a leg to do a title search. And to get a copy of that vehicle title back from the state if you lose one. I've Uh, done that once before, and it is a nightmare to get that title replaced. Other documents to keep in mind for copies would be any will a living will, any advanced directives. So that, that comes in good if you go to the hospital because you go in to have two stitches put in your hand and they ask if you have a living will. They will ask you. That, mm-hmm. that is true. They will ask you that. Any citizenship documentation, if you have been a naturalized citizen or if it's pending, anything regarding your citizenship had if you were not born in the United States of America or of United States citizens. And we've also talked about, you mentioned a minute ago, putting that birth certificate in there. We can prove our citizenship if we are born in the United States. Absolutely. And also that would include a passport Mm -hmm. if you have one. Another thing that you would want to have in there is insurance documents. You want to have your home insurance, auto. This is where you have your health insurance card. Uh, the hospital is going to want a copy of your insurance card, your medical insurance card. So put that in there. Have a copy of your life insurance or at least who to contact in case someone else passes away. And this is where you also would put any other insurance on your boat, your RV, or other property. Something else that I think is a really great idea, and that is to have copies of the serial numbers of what we consider very valuable items. You, not everything that has a serial number necessarily needs to be recorded. That's completely up to you. But we're talking about your vehicle, for example, has a VIN number. That also needs to be listed as the year, the make, the model, your tag number. Also, any serial numbers on any firearms, computers, cell phones, cameras, televisions, anything that has a very high monetary value, you're going to want to have serial numbers on that because if you should leave your home and, God forbid, your home get looted and your your items got found somewhere, if you've got the serial number, that pretty much proves the ownership because the serial number is unique to your product. Well, that and another thing, and and again, I'm thinking from the standpoint of a law enforcement officer, anything with a serial number can be entered into the stolen records. And so it can be run through NCIC. Twice in my lifetime, I have had two firearms stolen that I was able to recover because I had the serial numbers to provide. And it's amazing how many people don't have a serial number for their firearm. True. Now, there are some firearms. There are a lot of objects that do not have serial numbers that you may want to put in as stolen, but you can't do that without some type of unique number. So there's what's called an owner-applied number. And you can literally engrave that number on the back of whatever that object is, as long as it doesn't devalue it. And that owner applied number can be entered into NCIC and police, when they find something, let's just use the firearm, for example, 
Of course, all the firearms manufactured today have serial numbers unless it's what's called a ghost gun that's legal to be made from parts and uh, those may not have a serial number on it, but you've got some older firearms that do not have serial numbers, and we have a couple of them that my dad owned at one time. And what he did many years ago, many years ago, I was a child when he did this, he engraved his driver's license number on the trigger guard of those guns. Hmm. He put AL for Alabama and then his driver's license number, and that was a number that could be run. Interesting. So that's a reason that we want to have whatever serial numbers. And we've been able to find cell phones, stereo systems, various things like that, because the owner that had it stolen did have the serial number. And another thing is it helps prove it to the insurance that you had it. Exactly. Very good. Now, something else to wrap up as far as our binder. To have these things in print in a hard copy binder is extremely important. If you've got no other access to any kind of computer or cell phone, smartphone, you can't bring up any kind of email records or anything like that, having these things typed or handwritten, whichever you prefer, in your handwritten binder is very handy. But we also suggest that you scan these documents into your computer when you can in a non-emergency, non-SHTF setting, and record these on a thumb drive. Mm -hmm. It's just backing up your files. You can even separate that if you want to put extremely password-protected information on one thumb drive and then other information that may be less sensitive, but you still want record of it on another thumb drive. Right, and then store that one with a person that you trust or put it in a safe deposit box or in some way that you could access it if everything was gone and you needed those records you could retrieve that thumb drive and be able to print those documents out from that thumb drive. You could also make what I call a light version of this thing. And that is to put most of this information on that thumb drive, but leave out the account numbers and the passwords of some of the, like your banking records and things. Hmm. You. Mm-hmm. If you know your bank, and you do, if you don't know what bank you use, you probably don't need to be banking. But that's true. But you can go to your bank and show your identification, and you can get all of your account numbers there. But on the safe drive that you protect, you could have your credit card numbers, you could have everything on there. But on the drive that you wanted to carry with you, and that's what I'm making the light version for, is that if you had that light version that had those certain documents on there, whatever you would need to get into the hospital or to contact the insurance company, have that on there and carry it with you. I carry one in my EDC bag, and it doesn't have passwords. It doesn't have account numbers, but it's with me if I were to need that. Now, another thing you could do if you wanted to carry everything there is password protect the thumb drive. Exactly. There are ways to password protect the thumb drive 
And that would be a good way to do that and have all of that information with you. So when you've got some time to work on this, maybe two or three or four nights in a row, or maybe one good long rainy Saturday, if you're not doing anything else, begin your emergency binder. Get it written, get it in a hard copy binder, and then take it from there as far as making scan copies, making thumb drives, because it's practical prepping to be able to see your information and realize, and this is by no means the full and complete list. We've actually read other folks' lists, and Mm -hmm. some of them are literally five pages long. Some of you have more documents than we've covered here that you may want a record of. This is completely up to you and your life. But at least what you'll have is on paper and on thumb drive a record of the important things that are attached to you, both materially and in terms of your your uh, financial status, your marital status, even up to and including adoption records and foster home records and the types of things that may apply to your family, mm-hmm. you're going to want to be able to produce proof and records because that's just a very, very important thing. That If you have ever been through a hurricane and you know that it can be 6 to 12 weeks before anything seems normal again, much of what you have to do is insurance related and it will it will mitigate your wait time with the insurance company to have all of your information where you can be processed right away and that's important. This is something we encourage you to do. We hope you never need it. We hope you never ever need this in an emergency type situation but we do want you to have it just in case and the reason is stuff happens. You got to stay prepared. See you next time. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. Hopefully you've learned something, picked up a tip, or something we said may have triggered a thought that'll help you in your prepping journey. If you haven't already, go ahead and click that subscribe button so you'll never miss an episode, and share it with your friends and family. And remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.